Welcome to the Chair 2 Leaders Podcast with your hosts, Danny Smith and Ben South. If you lead from the second chair or you work with those who do, this is a place for you. We're glad you're here for conversations about the church, ministry, life, and how we can serve better for God's kingdom. Welcome back to another episode of Chair 2 Leaders. Glad to have you joining us. I'm one of your hosts, Ben South. Hey, and I'm Danny Smith, and as always, so glad that you guys are joining us to talk life and ministry. And Ben, uh, I think we made it through the first round of holidays, but man, it is all now for the next few weeks. It is. Christmas is up on us. Yeah. You know, it's okay to turn your Christmas music on, folks. Uh, Chair 2 Leaders gives you the official endorsement to start playing your Christmas music. Ben, you're playing it like on Tuesdays and Thursdays before Thanksgiving, right? You and Saturdays. Approach to yes, it. yes. Before Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays before Thanksgiving. After you have your Thanksgiving meal, you're allowed to listen at any moment. There you so. go. Well, <laughs> now, we, now we all get to sing this random Christmas song called Last Christmas. And, uh, <laughs> oh, how terrible is that? So, anyway, this is not a podcast about which songs, but now you'll be singing that one. And so, yeah, it's going to be busy, and we've got some uh, great uh, episodes headed your way. And uh, excited about today, we've got a, uh, a guy on that uh, I think is going to encourage you and bless you. Um, Tyler Martin is the uh, church planting pastor, and he can correct me on title-wise. Sometimes I'm not sure what title to use. He's the pastor. He's the church planter. He's the all-around good guy that leads Outfitter Church in Barnum, Wyoming. And uh, Tyler, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. I'm uh, excited to get to talk about leadership and get to share a little bit of what God's done in our church. Well, why don't we just start right there? Why don't uh, maybe just fuller, more fully introduce uh, yourself, your family, this uh, church plant uh, that, that's, uh, that, that you've got going on here in Wyoming. And just let the folks know a little bit about who you are, what y'all have got going on, and we'll just jump into what that leadership looks like at the church plant. Yeah, uh, my name is Tyler, and uh, married to a I don't know what kind of uh, kind of audience you got here, but I was going to say married to a smoking hot wife named Ashley, and uh, we've got three kiddos. Well, let me back up on my wife, and uh, we both went to college together. Um, I was pastoring a church in college, and that quickly made me realize the type of caliber of woman that I needed to marry. And so I began asking myself as I pastored a church of eleven people in the middle of nowhere, Boondocks, East Texas called Bear Creek Baptist Church. No cell phone signal hardly at the location. GPS would not get you to our church building. Uh, they were a King James church, not a King James only. They, they let me preach out of a different translation, but um, I did have to keep my beard at a certain length uh, throughout the time. So I asked myself, what type of a woman would love these people the way they deserve to be loved because these are amazing people and I learned so much from them and quickly Ashley rose to the top we were best friends in in college and um, so I rode up to her on my mountain bike said hey you want to go on a date on Friday she said yeah I said all right it's a date and I rode off you did that right you rode up on your mountain bike to Amy something like that uh, <laughs> well like oh, two-cylinder uh, nissan work so <laughs> yeah yeah about the same horsepower 
Well, so yeah, I, that that's Ashley, and she has a huge heart for missions. She wanted to to be in missions and be missionary stuff, and she is a phenomenal singer and guitar player. And so she leads our band, our music, in our in our band, and she's doing a great job. And then we have three kids. Ava Grace is our four year old. She turns four next month. And then I've got Michael Tyler Martin Jr. named after me because I'm prideful. And then we have uh, Annie Faye Martin. And so we figured that if God called us out of the South, that we could bring a little bit of South with us. So all of our kids go by first and middle name, which I found out when we moved here is a Southern thing. I knew Annie Faye was a Southern thing. That's a strong Southern name there. But, but yeah, so that's my family. Um, four years ago, we felt God calling us and, and it came out of a really challenging season. We just were like, Lord, what, what? why all of a sudden is this awesome ministry that you called us to in Texas not awesome anymore? And we really just prayed through that and through some really good wise counsel. They were like, seems like God's moving you. So we said, God, if you want us to move, we'll go. The next day I get a phone call about planting a church in Wyoming. And so that birthed in us a burden to see, uh, you know, Wyoming is 90% non-Christian. And so uh, that really put a burden on our hearts to come and, and plant a church in a city and raise up leaders that could pastor that church and plant more churches and uh, see people come to know Jesus. And so we moved here in January of 2019. So um, coming up on three years and we just, we kind of apprenticed at the same church that Danny apprenticed at for nine months. And we left early because we were burdened. We wanted to go, we wanted to start the church. And so we left three months early from our apprenticeship, started Outfitter Church in Barnett, Wyoming. And it's been amazing. We've seen over 20 people come to know the Lord and um, and be baptized and seen marriages healed. We've seen fathers start leading their families. We've seen kids get saved and baptized with their parents. And it's been amazing. Tyler, one of the, the really neat things over the last couple of years that I've seen, and thanks so much for sharing about that. Uh, you know, every time I feel like I'm around you, every time we meet up somewhere or we run into each other, I feel like you have somebody different from your church with you. Um, usually, uh, another guy, and I know you're a big outdoor guy. I mean, the name of your church is Outfitter Church. <laughs> and, uh, you know, every time I see you, you have these guys with you and, and, and y'all are, a, an elder led church. So in three years, not only have you seen God do this amazing work of people being saved, marriages, and talk about that leadership development. Cause you know, when you plant a church, one of the things that sometimes hard to uh, come to terms with is, you know, even at the little church that you pastored in East Texas, there was still a little bit of people capital there that you could use for life and ministry. But when you're starting with just your family, especially far away, a place like Wyoming, uh, getting to that point where you can raise up leaders is, is really overwhelming. It can almost feel like it will never happen, but you've just done a phenomenal job of that. So maybe talk about the approach in terms of you know, here you are three years later, what are some, some strategies that you've seen or just approach um, to seeing guys uh, just become the leaders that they need to be in your church? Well, thanks for saying that about uh, always having people with me. It's definitely intentional. I can't, I don't remember who taught it to me, but uh, there's a phrase that my wife and I try to live by and it's uh, never go anywhere alone. And uh, so we just made it a practice that there's generally always somebody available um, and it's, it's way more inconvenient. It usually costs more money. And, um, 
but yeah, you know, if, if I'm going to run up to the store, I'm going to, I'm going to try and text somebody who's on my way there and see if they want to go. If they're out of the way, I'm going to see if they want to, you know, Hey man, I'm going to run up to sportsman's warehouse and look at some hunting stuff. You want to meet me there at three o'clock and, and just try and go with them. And, uh, those, you know, that's 30 minutes that over time, it just, you know, doing those multiple, multiple times, you know, just getting a lot more face time with people. And people did that for me. And so I've tried to do it for others. And it's been amazing to see uh, who God has put in my life and who's able to be around us a lot and to watch God work in their lives has been really cool. So yeah, never go anywhere alone. If you're, if you're a pastor, you want to try and go as often as you can with somebody else. Uh, now that my kids are getting older. I try and do that with my kids too. So I had to make a seven and a half hour drive. So I brought my three-year-old with me. And uh, so we did, yeah. I can't remember. It's like three and a half or something hours there. And then we had lunch and then turned straight right back around and rode again. And it was pretty amazing to have my little girl with me that whole time. And I just, I get excited about her getting to grow up and, and hang out with daddy and do ministry together. Yeah. When we began, I really wasn't thinking about leadership. I'll be honest with you. I was just thinking, you know, how are we going to plant this church? How are we going to start this church? And so the leadership was my wife and I, and we just prayed and laughed and talked and planned and argued in our uh, trailer house living room when they put the kids to bed we would just hash it out about the values of our church and the, the vision of our church and how we want to lead it and that's how it began and then once we actually planted the church I was like oh boy this is going to take you know we were told that we, we had 10 people when we went to go launch in October of 2019 we had 10 people that's it and we were told it was going to be a really slow process so I wasn't really thinking about who the leaders would be because I was like I can with all of my effort and with God's help, I can manage 10 people. And uh, our first service, we had 44 people there. And I was like, oh boy, we're in trouble. I can't do that. And so over the course of planting that church, um, you know, from January to October, we had flown out a little bit before then, but we had flown six families to Wyoming. Out of our fundraised money, we paid for six different families to fly to Wyoming do a vision trip, show them around, have them pray and tell them, we want you to come help us plant this church. And all six of those families, most of them like in seminary or graduating from seminary, wanting to go pastor, told us that what their dream job description would be. And we named it. That was what it was for here, except for the fact that they had to raise their funds. And so all six said no. And I was like, you useless <laughs> friends that I have. Um, I mean, God's sovereign in all of that, and they're serving the Lord in other places. But Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary in California, he came and spoke in Wyoming. And I wasn't at the conference, but I heard the quote, and he said, Hey, Wyoming church planters, nobody's coming. Nobody's coming to help you. The cavalry is not coming. You're going to have to raise up your own leaders. And so the Lord used that a church planter friend of Danny and I's in uh, Medicine Bow, Wyoming, Justin Stockton's one who told me that quote. And so from then on, I just began praying, had another guy here named Don Whalen. And he said, Tyler, your future elders are currently at the bar drunk. He said, go lead them to Christ, raise them up and deploy them to serve the Lord. And that really just really challenged me to, to look within. And so I didn't go straight to the bar, I went to our, our core team. Um, and I, I read through the qualifications in First Timothy, and I'll be honest with you, this is where I started. Who is not disqualified? Hmm. I wasn't even looking for who was qualified. I was looking for who hasn't disqualified themselves. And that's where we began. 
and found two guys and they're phenomenal men. And to this day, one of them is in the kind of our pipeline, our, our potential deacon category. And the other one we just affirmed two months ago as, uh, as a lay elder in our church. And he is doing a phenomenal job. And so uh, that's how we identified them. I'm, I'm going to stop talking because I've talked a lot already and let you ask more clarifying questions. But yeah, that's how we began was who's not disqualified. Well, Tyler, we were talking beforehand, and you said the guys that you just set aside for this in your church would not be who you would typically think the church would pick as a leadership or a leader potential within the congregation. They're not your cookie-cutter guy that you think, hey, yeah, this is the guy who is going to be a leader in the congregation. Mm -hmm. So there had to be some different characteristics you really were looking for. I, I really appreciate that. Who's not disqualified? (laughs) Um, but okay. So what were those things you were looking for in those leaders that you were going to raise up? Yeah. Were there um, some other characteristics? I think what we were looking for was, um, so beginning at the starting line of who's, who hasn't disqualified themselves. Um, and so looking through that and then starting there and then getting to know those guys with leadership in mind and, um, really just starting to see that their integrity, their character their care, their love, their devotion to Jesus and to his bride, the church. And so that's where it all began. And, you know, I wasn't looking at any kind of credentials or, I mean, we, we made the joke so many times that uh, <laughs> we said we are ready to stand before God for every decision we've made. Uh, we're not ready to stand before the IRS. <laughs> so because it was it was a plumber a mechanic and a pastor. That's who we have a plumber, a mechanic, and then a 27 year old pastor. And so um, we just knew we were making tons of mistakes, but we were doing it in, in pursuit of trying to see what God wanted to do in a city that needed the gospel desperately. Uh, Bar none has 3000 people one church, uh, they love the Lord and we love them. We, we pray with them every Tuesday afternoon. We pray with their leadership and, uh, but they've got about 20 to 35 people. And so that leaves a lot of people who do not know Jesus Christ in our city. And so, um, yeah, we just kind of started looking at their character and their integrity and their love of Jesus and their faithfulness to Jesus. And so what I mean by that is that no one would hire the elders or pastors that we have because, uh, one of them, uh, has tattoos all over his arms. He's just covered up in tattoos. He's 54 years old. He got saved six years ago. Um, and his life before Christ, there was a season as he got a little older, there was a season where he just was kind of just a drifter and did his own thing. He was, you know, he got married at 50. So he's just been kind of doing his own thing most of his whole life. Um, but prior to slowing down a little bit, uh, he was an enforcer of a biker gang. And so what his job was to do is when things popped off, he made sure it got finished and got handled. And uh, so the dude loves to fight. And um, I don't know, a rough guy. And we were having a meeting one time at, at church meeting. Every two months we get together, we have communion, we have dinner. We talk about what the Lord's been doing. And it's a phenomenal time for our church. And one time he got so excited about something amazing that was going on that he just straight up cussed in excitement. He just let something roll out. And he was like, I... And so sorry. And I said, I think everybody in our church likes you more now. <laughs> it was like, yeah. And he cussed at a at a congregation members meeting, and he he felt horrible. But who cares? He loves Jesus. He used to beat the mess out of people for a living, 
And so, of course, of course, he's going to have some slip ups, but I don't care about that. I care about someone who's going to shepherd our people. And he's the kind of guy you want on your side in an argument. <laughs> probably. <laughs> That's exactly right. So if a, if a member's meeting does get out of hand at some point in the future, you want him on your side of the equation. Yeah. Is that and right? I think he's yeah, also designing right. their new T-shirt as well, um, maybe with a new slogan uh, for a T-shirt. So just, you know, yeah, that's something right. to think about. Yeah. And, and so, and then our, our other guy that, um, one of those families did call us back two years later. Uh, he said, Hey Tyler, I'm fixing to take over my family's company. I am I'm currently a co-owner, which I knew all this. He's, he's my best friend. We went to college together. He was my roommate in college. He said, you know, I'm supposed to be taking over this company. I'm going to be making in the six figures. And, um, He's like, man, I went on my first CEO trip where I had to go meet a new client, earn his business, the sets and the others. He said, trip went well, shared the gospel. While I was down there. Everything was great. But while I was down there, the Lord reminded, or the Lord just pointed out to me, this is not what he's called me to do. He says, how I've been serving as a deacon of my church plant for two years. I'm also the, the interim youth pastor for two years. And he said, Tyler, I, I have to preach the gospel. I have to teach God's word to people. And I called my wife just to tell her that what I was kind of thinking and processing. And she told me that she literally had just gotten done praying and felt like the Lord was calling them to Wyoming. And so they sold everything they had. They sold their house. That was two blocks from a huge Lake in East Texas. Their family lived in a, a gated golf course community. He was fixing to be a six figure owner at 30 of a company and he sold everything and they raised all of their funds in five months and came to Wyoming and, uh, again, this is a guy with zero pastoral experience. <laughs> now he does have a Bible degree from, from that college, but who cares about all that stuff? He loves Jesus. And that's what we've been looking for is who's going to be faithful to follow Jesus and then shepherd our people. Yeah. And I think there's some characteristics there. You know, when you're looking for overall church leadership, you know, most of, maybe most of our listeners, if you're in the chair two role, you're not going to be the only person looking for elders in the church, but you're going to be looking for people in your area of ministry who are going to, you're going to be needing to raise up as leaders within yep. student ministry, within right. children's ministry. Don't look for the people who have the degree necessarily. Don't, you know, if they have a degree, don't cast them out, but it, it could be that it could be the person who is, you know, not, doesn't look the part, maybe hadn't had the experience of doing it, didn't have all the credentials, but they love Jesus and they want to serve That's him right. faithfully there. You know, there's if people who love Jesus is one of those big characteristics that they just... well, and don't you think it's one of those uh, untapped resources in a lot of churches where, you know, on Monday pastors get together and they're like, oh, I wish we had this and I wish we had that. And, you know, it is a lot more work. It is a lot more labor intensive. You, you might get a little cuss word at the, uh, the church meeting, but yeah, it's an untapped resource when we go wait a minute these people who love the lord may not look the part because we've been you know we've designed these parts to look a certain way but yeah it's just a great reminder that leaders come in all shapes and forms and it, it really is a product of discipleship that intentionality that you talked about and yeah. uh yeah it's just untapped and a lot of times we just don't want to put the effort into to go that direction. Yeah, that's exactly right. So Tyler, when you had identified these guys, you know, I, you've talked about how just kind of you've done the casual training and one-on-one, you know, never going anywhere alone, those type of things. Have y'all used some more formal, you know, training 
studying pre- preparation tools in the process yeah. of, of leadership development? Yeah, so I was trying to think through all those things when uh, Danny approached me for the podcast. And so I remember, I'm quite sure you guys are familiar with Nine Marks. Uh, and so Nine Marks and Mark Dever with Capitol Hill Baptist Church. And so um, what I've learned in this whole process is you don't have to agree with everything that everyone says, but you've got to be able to find someone who's putting out good content. And so I have found Nine Marks to be really helpful. I also do, I very much so dislike reading and they put out very short books. And so um, we found their tiny little 40 something page book on, uh, on church leadership. And it went through elders and deacons. And so our first meeting was to sit down together. And I said, Hey guys, here's a deal. We need leadership. I need help. I think you guys, I know that you're not disqualified. And so I want to see, I think that you guys have the potential to be great leaders in this church. And so I want to pray and I want to read this book and I want to determine elder deacon and and what God's doing in your life. And let's figure that out. And so we read through the book. I had pegged one of them as an elder, one of them as a deacon. And I said, where do you feel the Lord leading you? And they both said one of the one that I thought and the one that they thought. So it was, it was, we were all unanimous with what we felt the Lord was calling us to do. Uh, They were so excited. And uh, so we, we finished that book and then COVID hit. So like, well, what do we do? So we started having Zoom leadership meetings where we would get together, think through things, pray through things. Um, we started uh, realizing that one person didn't really have the bandwidth in their schedule for regular leadership meetings. And that was the deacon guy. And so we said, you know what? How about we meet every week, uh, me and the other potential elder, and then I'll meet with you just periodically and we'll kind of get you caught up on some stuff. Uh, and he was like, sounds great. Awesome. I don't want to have to have any more early morning meetings. <laughs> so he, he goes to work at uh, 5.30 in the morning and he works like 10 hour days wrenching, you know? And so he's like, look, I love you, but I don't want to get up on Saturday to have a leadership meeting. Um, he's like, you know, you're not using me for my brain anyways. He's like, just holler at me when I need to do something. I said, okay, great. And so um, we started there and then, with the uh so so we're really just now revamping the whole deacon side of but i knew i had to we had to work on elders first uh we're still kind of developing what it looks like to train and develop and deploy deacons but in the and so i can only kind of speak to what we've done with elders and so uh we went through vody bockham's book called family shepherds and talked about the the need for men to be leading uh, you need men and women of God and uh, to have a healthy church. But we specifically, I was working through how can we identify men, raise them up and stuff like that. And so uh, we've read through a couple books together. Uh, the biggest part of our elder training was we did a 15, uh, 15 doctrine, doctrinal statement. And so they prepared paragraph or paragraph answers to 15 doctrines of the Christian faith and then presented that to our church at their final uh, assessment. And that was before our congregation, they would read those answers. They, they kind of did a Q and a, and then the church voted. And so that was, there was lots of just different little books and podcasts that we would listen to together and talk through things together. And the final step was them preparing a doctrinal defense for our congregation. And so that was really cool. Yeah, for leaders now, there's there's no reason not to properly equip and train. Even if, like you said, you don't really like to read long books, there's so much stuff out there that's good quality stuff that can help you just develop that and, and, and grow the people around you. 
and help them mature in the faith without having to, you know, dive into a thousand-page theology book. There, there are some good tools out there. So part of leadership, I think, is really finding those best tools for where your people are and where you need they need to go, and getting those things into their hands or into their on their phones or wherever you need to get it to them. You know, and one of the things, Ben, uh, as you're saying that, that also kind of comes to mind. And, you know, that process is exactly what it is. It's a process. A lot of times in our churches, we're reactionary. Um, I need a leader today. I needed one yesterday. So we just start this unhealthy cycle of um, maybe we've identified people. Maybe, you know, maybe we know they love the Lord and they're not disqualified. But, you know, there's there's something to be said about taking that time to really develop, to really pour into, and to really help. And um, being proactive is far better uh, in that regard. And so sometimes we have to take a step back and go, maybe the vision that God's given me for the church that I'm serving in, this ministry I'm serving in, you know, maybe it's 15 months away. Maybe it's two years away because, you know, I've got to pour into these guys before we just turn them loose. And then it's a dumpster fire. And all of a sudden they're, they're upset. The church is upset. So that whole process is vital um, to not only using the right tools, but using the right timing uh, to pour into people with that. Yeah, I, I would agree. And, I, and what I was super pumped about was one thing that we did, you know, let's just say there's 10 tasks that regularly had to be done every week or every month in our church's life. One, I'm not good enough to do any, not to do all of those things, but I had to, is it, the nature of church planting is there was no one else. And so I just kind of started taking Shannon with me on all 10 of those things. And I figured out what he was really good at. And I figured out what he could do. And I figured out what I really do not like doing. And uh, unfortunately, one thing I really liked doing and one thing he really liked doing was the men's ministry. So we had a monthly men's breakfast and Bible study. He loved that. I also loved that. Well, guess what? I needed more bandwidth to be able to do other things. And so uh, I had to give up the beautiful men's ministry that we had and uh, just slowly and but surely let Shannon take that over. And he did a phenomenal job. He was constantly identifying men in the church that were willing and able to share their testimonies. And so he was like, Hey, I want you to lead. Hey, I want you to lead. Hey, I want you to lead. And then he organized all the breakfast. He made sure that uh, they had the, the work card so that they could go get. So he didn't even go get the breakfast every time he would. There was another guy in our church that just loved getting breakfast for this thing. And he would get all the guys together to show up there at 7.30 in the morning to cook the breakfast. And it was one of those things that, like, I, I enjoyed doing that. That was work that I liked, but he loved it better. Or he loved it, and he did it better. So I was able to hand that off. And that was really important was figuring out, okay, what do I need to hand off immediately because I'm bad at it, and it could be done better by someone else? Hand that off. Okay, what is something that someone else could do just as good as me? And I think it's Craig Groeschel that says, if someone can do what you're doing half as good as you hand it off, uh, because it's been so much more fun for me to watch God use Shannon. And that's been better. And the more he grows, the better our church gets. And um, well, and you become, you be, move into becoming the coach. Yeah. Or instead of the one always having to coach and hit the ball and pitch the ball and catch it and, and make the outs you're now shifting to where you've got players on the team who are filling different roles. And so you have them in the law. You're now 
having being in the position of the coach where you're cheering them on, encouraging them, helping them do that better so that everyone wins in, in the end. Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, Tyler, we, uh, we're so thankful and appreciative of, of your time today. There's um, maybe just a couple of more quick things to say um, time-wise, but one thing I wanted to add, and this we may bring you back to talk about this, but uh, not only do, do I see how God's using you at Outfitter Church and your family, too, that you mentioned, and, um, you know, we've talked before on this uh, podcast about how, how our wives a lot of times play that chair to role uh, in a lot of churches. Um, but one of the cool things that, that I've seen just from a distance is the encouragement you bring to other pastors, to other church leaders, and there's a whole uh, other podcast we could talk about that. But, man, I just want you to know that the work you're doing is good and uh, God is really moving and working. But the encouragement that I see that you and your church and these guys that y'all are raising up, boy, it's making a difference, and I'm so thankful for that, and man, just thankful for uh, you being on the podcast. Ben and I like to ask silly questions sometimes, and uh, we just got through Thanksgiving. Uh, now that it's kind of full-on Christmas, what what's the go-to Christmas movie you got to have between now and, and Christmas Day? There is one movie that always wins, no matter what, even though I don't know if I should watch it as a pastor, but National Lampoon's Christmas. <laughs> Yes. Uh, that movie is a must uh elf the grinch we've already watched the grinch we just found elf and so um yeah national lampoon's christmas vacation or i think it's this one. anyways i don't even know the name of it but i know that it's the, yeah. it's the movie no that's it yeah. christmas vacation is one of those i watched apparently when i was younger we watched the edited for tv version and then as yeah. later as an adult i watched the unedited and like Oh my goodness! I don't remember any of this. Like that, my parents. There's no way they would have let us watch all that. Yeah, where did that's that, hilarious. Oh, yes, that's the same story. So listen, I, I don't even think we had kids yet, and I'm like, oh, babe, you'll love this movie. It's great. And she's, what are you watching? And I'm like, I don't, <laughs> I, I, I have no words. So, but yes, kids, go watch the edited version there. There you go. Uh, Amen. Yeah. You'll be a there better tier yeah. two leader. Yes. Yes. I, I did. I did want to say in uh, in closing, just uh, two clarifying things. One, I, I I said that they don't have any seminary or anything like that. Who cares? But I mean, I have seminary, and uh, the guy who mentored me is a professor at a seminary. So before I get killed by him, <laughs> uh, I think that it's an it's an incredibly helpful tool. But the Holy Spirit is the only mandatory essential for ministering. Um, but now that you know, I've said that Shannon is taking night classes, uh, two classes, actually one class right now and two classes next semester of an extension campus of golden or of, of gateway seminary here in Castle, awesome. Wyoming. And he's loving it. He's making straight A's. He's doing a phenomenal job. Um, and we're, we're constantly trying to learn. Uh, so what I heard once is that leaders are learners. And so he's learning and we're all just trying to learn awesome. and, and think deeply. You don't have to have the degree, but then once you're committed to ministry, you need to get everything you can get. <laughs> as far as all the that's training ex that's exactly right and so the thing is is that being a shepherd is you're going to constantly be feeding the sheep why not go to some cooking classes and the other clarification i want to make and this is just for any brother that's listening to this don't overlook your ladies oh my gosh the ministry of outfitter church would be so much more weak and feeble if we did not start using and deploying 
the incredible women that we have. And we have some women in our church that, holy smokes, they can teach the Bible so well. We have a robust women's ministry. Almost every single female member in our church is in a discipleship group right now. And that's because we have some really gifted teachers and they're like, let's take these new believing women under our wings. Let's train them up. And so uh, I think it's a, a huge downfall for, for pastors is that we overlook ladies and their use. And it is a tough subject. It's tough to figure out how it all works, but make sure that yeah. we're utilizing them and God's gifted them too. And they're going to be a huge asset to your church. Yeah. We were going to ask, you know, your interpretation of certain passages that uh, we'll do that another time, but you're absolutely right. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler, yeah, can we that's... get you on the record right now as saying, I, I appreciate you saying that because again, I think sometimes out of fear we neglect or because it's hard work, we neglect uh, using people that God's put right there in front of us. Hey Tyler, thanks for joining us this week on chair two leaders. They can connect with you and find you at y'all's website, uh, outfitter.church. Yep. Is there a better way or other way they can connect with you if, if our listeners would like to? Facebook, yeah. Facebook Outfitter Church. Uh, you'll see a black and white logo with some mountains on it and uh, our bar none runway. It's, the, it's an airplane runway logo. It looks like a sideways cross. But uh, yeah, that's us. We'd love to connect with you and um, partner with you, minister with you in any way we can. All right. Well, thank you. And thanks for listening in this week on Chair 2 Leaders. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Chair 2 Leaders. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for the latest updates, and make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to Chair 2 Leaders wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.